Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valliere, a not-so-happy Monday to everybody. Uh, another week of sad football uh, for the Jadava Show. Um, the Eagles are 3-0. and The Cowboys and Giants play tonight, which means that Washington is guaranteed last place uh, by the end of the evening. Um, they could either be tied with the Cowboys for last place or be... 100% in last place, uh, because the Giants, uh, could somehow win and somehow be 3-0, and which I have no idea how that is even possible, considering they are the New York Giants and they're led by Daniel Jones, who's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But let's just get right into it. Uh, the Commanders got pummeled by the Eagles yesterday, uh, 24-8, to uh, all eight points scored in the second half, one by a safety and one by a touchdown and a missed two-point conversion. Uh, it was awful to watch. Uh, It's always awful when you lose to a division rival, but especially when you're at home like we were and the crowd. I mean, every time it feels like we play the Eagles at home, their fans are just everywhere. Like it's like the, it's a sold out crowd once a year at FedEx field when it's, when we host the Eagles, because it's like an Eagles home game, all their fans, it's, they're so close Philadelphia to DC. They just come on down and the, ticket people at FedEx Field just let them on in and it feels like it's 75% Eagles fans at our games and it's infuriating because yes they are one of the three worst fan bases in the NFL right up there with the Cowboys and the Patriots the Eagles fans are mostly filled with awful despicable people no offense if you're listening and you are an Eagles fan but you're probably not that great of a person because you know people from Philadelphia just aren't great people it's a horrible city with horrible fans uh, for annoying sports teams like the Phillies and like the 76ers and especially the freaking Eagles. And yeah, we lost to them. We got killed and Jalen Hurts. Here's here's what I'll say. I'll say something nice about the Eagles. Yes, Jalen Hurts was probably an early front runner for MVP. He looks great. Um and it pains me to say this, but they definitely made the right decision moving off Wentz to go to Hertz a couple of years ago. Because Hertz, I mean, he is like, he is a, I don't think he's quite Lamar Jackson yet, but he is awfully close. He's got a powerful arm. Um, he is just so, he, he can't bring him down. He's impossible to bring to the ground. And it pains me to say this because I feel, I mean, he is the best quarterback in the NFC East because Unlike Dak Prescott, who is wildly average um, and is sort of overhyped because he plays for the Cowboys, Jalen Hurts is not overhyped because he plays for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, I mean, the Eagles have had much better luck at quarterback than the Cowboys have because Wentz in 2017 was awesome. Jalen Hurts this year has so far been awesome. Michael Vick in 2010 was awesome. Those are quarterbacks you felt like at that time, yeah, we can win a championship with Jalen Hurts. 2017, we can win a championship with with Wentz. In 2013, yeah, we could win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. 2010, we can win one with Michael Vick. Oh, 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 four, oh, five. We can win a Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb. They've just had so many great quarterbacks the last 25 years. It's so frustrating because the Commanders have had none. In yes, that's what I'll say about Jalen Hurts. It was very. It, he is fun to watch, and he would be way more fun to watch if he was not on the Eagles. But. I give him credit. He's an he is one of my top three early through three games MVP candidates. Um, I don't even know who my other. I mean, Josh Allen's an MVP candidate, obviously, um, and Jalen Hurts is too. I mean, it's 
it's very, very impressive what he has done so far. Uh, but that's probably, I mean, and, and they're probably all around the best team in the NFC right now. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I've never been this nice to a team because usually NFC East teams are overrated. You know, like the Cowboys every single year are overrated. Even the Giants right now are overrated because they're 2-0 and and they could be 3-0 and by tonight. And everybody's going to say, well, if they are 3-0, and people are like, the Giants are back. Brian Dable's the answer. But in reality, they've played Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, and Cooper Rush. You know, and, and you know they've played against really bad teams, and a good amount of them at home, uh, two of them at home. You know, whatever. It's not that impressive, but they're the Giants, and they're a New York team, and they're an NFC East team. So people will overrate them after every win. Even Washington fans overrate the team when they win and crush them when they lose. And sometimes the Eagles are overrated, but I, I I don't think they're overrated this year. I think the Eagles are very good. They'll definitely win the NFC East. It pains me to say it as well because I was given the impression that the commanders are good enough to win the division. Um, but that's where I'll stop with the compliments for the Eagles because the commanders look, the season is not over. We could still, I mean, it's, we're three games in some, I mean, the chargers are one and two and everybody loved them. The Titans are one and two and they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. It's not over. It doesn't look good because this is maybe the worst defense in the NFL and offensively, the last two weeks, they have done nothing in the first half of games but get sacked and go three and out. I mean, the, the commanders went three and out like five straight times to open the game last week. Yesterday, they were sacked five. I mean, Carson Wentz took five sacks in his first eight dropbacks. I've never seen that before. Like, when has that ever been the case? Like, I've never in my life seen a ca- the case where a quarterback drops back eight times and more than half the time is getting sacked. Like, he got sacked, like, I think three out of four third downs. Like, it was ho- it was just embarrassing to watch. And after that, the Eagles did their job. They put pressure on him, and it flustered Wentz enough that he missed a lot of passes. Now, I'm not down on Wentz, okay? Here's who I- I'm not going to blame as much. I'm not going to blame Wentz as much. Now, he had a bad game, but it's not panic time. Like, people, people are legit saying on social media they should turn to Taylor Heineke. Stop. Carson Wentz is way better than Taylor Heineke. We saw it. We've already seen it. Heineke would be 0-3 right now. That's just a fact. I mean, we're not winning today's... We wouldn't have beaten the Eagles yesterday with Heineke. We wouldn't have beaten the Lions last week with Heineke. And we really would not have beaten the Jaguars with Heineke either. But we would beat them with Wentz. And so, stop that. Wentz is not as big a problem as you might think he is. Now, he had a bad game yesterday. But he even played a really good second half against Detroit last week. And in the first half, it probably wasn't entirely his fault. The offensive line was awful and the defense was terrible. But it wasn't all his fault. This was a bad game for him. He's allowed to have a bad game. If he has four more bad games in a row in the next four weeks, then yes, it's time to hit the panic button. But I'm not there yet. It is time to hit the panic button on a guy that deserves to be fired, Jack Del Rio. Um, defensive coordinator, it's his third year with the team, and they're just terrible. I mean... Third down defense has not been a, as big a problem this year as it was last year. Last year, the, the commanders just couldn't get off the field on third down. Every time, they gave up like the highest third down percentage to other teams in NFL history, I'm pretty sure. It was it was dreadful, and uh, they've gotten better. But still, they, they have forced one turnover in three weeks. They have, I mean, it, I feel like they've gotten some sacks, like they've gotten like seven or eight sacks over the first three weeks but one turnover and that was a desperation pick thrown by Trevor Lawrence at the end of the game in week one um 
and they haven't been close to forcing another one against Detroit, against Philadelphia. It's just a wide open. I mean, everybody's just so wide open. I know we were missing William Jackson yesterday, but this guy, Wild Goose, I think that was his name, Wild Goose, the backup undrafted corner, he was just awful. This is, that's not a guy that belongs in the NFL. And it feels like all the guys that don't belong in the NFL but somehow still make it always end up playing defense for Washington. It's just Jack Del Rio is the issue, okay? He needs to be fired. The offseason, you know, hullabaloo with the January 6th stuff of him calling it a dust-up at the Capitol, that was a horrible look. You need to be more aware of that, especially where you are. I mean, you're in D.C. Like, come on. That was a very, very bad moment for him, and I think he should have been fired right there. But you don't want to fire a coach, you know, during training camp. That's a bad look. Um, at this point, it's it's gotten to the point for the commanders that, I think that that's probably the best move that needs to be made right now. Maybe get a spark. Maybe the players just aren't playing for Jack Del Rio. Um, and that wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, he's probably struck a chord with a lot of those guys, and a lot of them are probably sick of him, you know, always saying the wrong thing to the media or always putting his, you know, his foot in his mouth every time he goes on Twitter or even talks to the media. It, it, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. It, it's been really bad. Um the pass rush has gotten worse. Of course, Chase Young's not healthy, and that would be great if he was. But I'm not there yet on the – you know, everybody's like, well, we, we need to fire Ron Rivera. I, I'm not there yet. I, I might get there in a few weeks. But I think two things can be true. Ron Rivera was the perfect hire for this team back in 2020. He's a level-headed, hard-nosed, old-school football coach that, you know, is a teacher and a mentor. He's a he's an Andy Reid tree guy, uh, you know. He's he's good for the locker room, and he's good to build a culture for a franchise that's culture has been embarrassingly horrible for twenty five years now. So you know, Ron Rivera was great in twenty twenty, but he's also he, so he was the right man for the job at the time, and we should have hired him. But he's not the right man now. It, the game has gotten away from the type of coach that Ron Rivera is, and it's you know hard nosed coach that likes to scream at his players, uh, you know defensive minded coach that you know has no touch for offense in an increasingly offensive league. I mean, look at the Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel. Do you really think he's yelling? I mean, just look at him. Do you think he yells at his players at all? Like, do you think he's a hard nosed football po- coach? The answer is no. He's not. He's very you know, compassionate, he, you know, grabs you by, you know, he puts you under his shoulder and puts you on his arm. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but he, he's a teacher. He, he's not the kind of guy that'll scream at you when you make a bad play. He's just, he's a genius offensive coach and he's just going to call his plays and you're going to score a lot of points. That's the future of the NFL. That's Andy Reid. That's uh, Sean McVay. That's Kyle Shanahan. That's Mike McDaniel uh, in Miami. That is not Ron Rivera. The Bears hired an offensive coach, Matt Eberflus. Quarterback's the most important position, and the Bears have thrown 45 passes as a team this year. The fewest by far in the NFL. Uh, Robert Sala, defensive-minded coach for the Jets. They got no offense. Ron Rivera, defensive-minded coach for the Commanders. Offensive line's awful. Uh, Running game is inefficient. Uh, They haven't gotten quarterback right at least yet. Um... 
I, I just think the game is sort of going away. I would love if the commanders went out and, you know, got a new coach that was an offensive coordinator, a young guy under 45, offensive-minded, that you can win with. You know, he can just implement his offense. He doesn't have to scream at everybody. He's not from the old-school way of football. You know, like, he's part of the new age, like a Sean McVay, like a Shanahan, like a McDaniel, like a Matt LaFleur. And so... I don't know. I'm not at the fire Ron Rivera stage yet, but I am at the fire Jack Del Rio stage. We're playing the Cowboys next week. Um, look, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's Cooper Rush, I know, but I mean, if he wins tonight, then he's two and zero, and he's really three and zero in his career as a starter. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. And you know, if you thought it was bad blocking for guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham yesterday, we got Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence coming up next week. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's going to be really hard to watch. Um, but who knows, maybe we'll pull one out. It's Cowboys. I would, I would do no, I, it would just make my entire life if we were able to beat the Cowboys, but I'm not, I'm also realistic and we're down bad right now. We're, we're down bad. Um, so round the NFL, uh, this was an interesting, this is a stat of the day right here. The four teams that you would maybe argue are the four best teams in the NFL, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs and the Bills, and even if you don't think they're the best, they still have the four best quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. Neither of those four quarterbacks were able to score 20 points yesterday. The And they all lost except for Rodgers, who played against Brady. So Brady lost, he scored 12 points, and Brady and the Buccaneers have scored three whole touchdowns on offense in three games this year. Uh, that That's rough. <laughs> I, didn't, I would have never expected that to be the case. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, uh, he has no receivers to speak of, although Romeo Dobbs had a really nice game yesterday. Josh Allen threw the ball 63 times and only scored 19 points. 17 of them were on offense, and they had a safety. Uh, And then Mahomes lost to Matt Ryan and the Colts, and that's extra embarrassing because Matt Ryan can barely throw the football anymore and can barely move on the football field without a cane or a wheelchair. Um, And so... That was embarrassing as well. That was an interesting little anecdote uh, from the game. By the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars are legit. They beat the Chargers 38-10 to yesterday. They look awesome. And I'm very excited about that. Not because it makes the Commanders Week 1 win look better. But, no, it's not that. It's the Jaguars are a team that you just always sort of look at and you're like, oh, that's an easy win. You know, we're playing the Jaguars. Well, not anymore. I mean, they they beat the Brakes off the Colts last week, twenty four nothing, and they beat the Chargers, thirty eight to ten. So that's a combined score of sixty two to ten their last two weeks, uh, and they're playing and they've played Matt Ryan and Justin Herbert. Um, that, that, that they're legit. They got a real quarterback who's actually got a real coach now. You know, Urban Meyer. It was like a tyranny that Urban Meyer was running in Jacksonville, and now Doug Peterson is sort of just taking him under his wing and letting him know, like, hey, you know, that the NFL isn't as bad as you probably think it is, you know, because Urban Meyer was your coach and you almost had zero chance for success week in and week out. Um, so props to the Jaguars. They're 2-1. and one. They've won two in a row for the first time in forever. And Aaron, uh, Trevor Lawrence has back-to-back multi-touchdown games for the first time in his NFL career. So uh, good for him. That was very exciting win for them. Um, the 49ers and the Broncos last night was probably the worst game of the year. Broncos edge about 11 to 10. Um, look, it's, uh, <laughs> it was an ugly game for sure, but 
you know, give credit to San Francisco. They actually, uh, you know, they lost Trent Williams. They looked like they were about to lose Debo Samuel. And Jimmy Garoppolo had the gaff of the year when he went full Dan Orlovsky and ran out of the back of the end zone for a safety. Um, but they still hung in there. And Denver had probably the worst offensive game you've seen all year. I mean, they just went three and out. I think they went three and out eight, eight or nine times last night. And Russell Wilson and that Broncos offense looks bad. <laughs> That's a bad offense. And uh, I think I was, I mean, I like Denver, but I wasn't as high on them as a lot of people are. And I'm especially not high on them now. They have one of the worst offenses in the league. I, I don't even think they've scored 20 points in a game yet this year. They, they scored 11 this week. They scored 17 last week and they scored or no, did they score 16 last week? I think they scored under 20 in week one. Yeah, they did. I mean, gosh, that's, that is a recipe for disaster. You're lucky your defense has played really well, even though you've played against Geno Smith, Davis Mills, and Jimmy Garoppolo to start the year. You know, it's going to get harder. You know, there's a lot more quarterbacks out there. you got to play Mahomes twice. you got to play Herbert twice. you even got to play Derek Carr twice in the 0-3 Raiders. Um... And you got to play the best teams in the AFC. So it's not all easy coming up for Russell Wilson like it has been to start the year. But they got a rookie coach who looks in over his head. And Russell Wilson is 34 years old and looks like he's lost a little bit of his fastball. So, um, so some of my other takeaways from the game. Uh, I do want to apologize. I did not have my picks out on Friday or Saturday. I did make them and I recorded the episode and I thought that I uploaded it, but evidently it did never, it never did upload. And, uh, I figured that, you know, it's probably too late to just upload it now, but I did make my picks and I'm going to be fully transparent with you on all of them. I'm not going to change any of them around, uh, because I'm an honest guy and I had a really good week this week, uh, bounced back from last week's three and 11 disaster. Um, or was it three and 10, whichever. It was a disaster in week two. Great week one, terrible week two, and a pretty good week three. Um, So I'll go over my picks here and what I was right about. As for my picks, I got, so for Houston at Chicago, I took the Bears minus three. They ended up winning by three, so that's a tie. Um, And so I'm, so that's 0-0 and 1. Uh, That's my first tie, by the way, of the year. Raiders at Titans. I took the Titans plus two and a half. They won outright. I had a feeling they would. They're just. A, I think the Raider or the Titans are a better coach team. Josh McDaniels is now eleven and twenty in his career as a head coach. Derek Carr is not as good as Ryan Tannehill, even if that's hard for some people to accept. The Titans have a better offensive line and running game, and overall better defense. And they were at home. I just felt like that was probably the better pick. The Chiefs at Colts. I took the Chiefs minus five and a half. Uh, lost on that one. I really did not see the Colts winning this game even in desperation time. So no, so that's one, one, one win, one loss, one tie so far. Buffalo at Miami. I took the Dolphins plus five and a half. I always take a underdog division rival, even if, especially if they're at home. Um, you know, I felt I had, I really had to take it because, you know, if the Bills weren't going to blow them out, I thought there's a chance they might lose the game and they did. So the Dolphins won and uh, covered plus five and a half. Lions at Vikings. I took the Vikings minus six. I uh, ended up uh, excuse me, I ended up losing that one because the Lions um, ended up having themselves a nice game. Uh, wait a second. I'm trying to read my own handwriting. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I took, 
that's why I thought I was like, I'm reading that wrong. I took the Lions plus six and they covered, they lost. Uh, I don't really have a rationale for why I picked Detroit. They're a feisty team. They're kind of, you know, interesting and they make every game interesting so far. And they made that one interesting. Certainly Eagles at Washington. I took the commanders plus six and a half. That was a big whiff on my part. Uh, Saints at Carolina, I took the uh, Saints minus two and a half, and I was wrong on that one. I took the Jaguars plus seven at the Chargers. I just had a feeling that Justin Herbert wasn't going to be healthy and that the Jaguars are legit, and they won by a lot more than seven. Rams at Cardinals, I took the Rams minus three and a half, and uh, they won that one pretty easily. Falcons plus one at Seattle, I took the Falcons plus one, and they pulled out a four-point win. Packers over the Buccaneers. I took them plus one, and I took the 49ers minus one and a half at Denver, and I got that one wrong, unfortunately, as the Broncos covered and ended up winning outright. So uh, let me count here. So that went, oh, uh, so I got one tie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I got seven wins, five losses and one tie. So I went 7-5 and 1 and that brings me up to a record of 21-18 and 1 through 3 games and not bad. So that uh, was pretty good. So um anyway, I will definitely be back later this week for my picks. I'm sorry that I didn't do them this time. Um uh, but uh hey, glad everybody enjoyed week 3 of the NFL season. I know I didn't. Uh but uh there's a game tonight, Giants and Cowboys. Not sure who to root for as a Commanders fan, but uh, the good news is one of those teams will definitely lose tonight, and that is good news. So as for me, I am Jacob Valier. You've been listening to The Jadava Show. Enjoy your week, and I will be back with my picks on Friday.